back this afternoon. Will you join me in standing, please? I'll be reading Psalms 105.1. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Uh, Brother Foster, would you open us a word of prayer? Singing page 228. I love to tell the story.
Everything page 170. Hallelujah. What a savior. say to someone who feels like they've lost it all over the edge with no one there to break their fall and what do you say to someone who feels so unloved giving themselves away a little bit every day just to be good enough and what do you say to a hopeless soul who can't remember their way home and everything is out of their control there is no valley there is no darkness there is no sorrow greater than the grace of jesus there is no moment there is no distance there is no heartbreak he can't take you through so before you think that you're too lost to save remember there is nothing greater than grace what do you say to someone life is on the line and they're unsure what 
happens after their last breath in time What do you say to someone who's built a wall you can break through And it's so hard for them to hear the truth There is no valley, there is no darkness There is no sorrow greater than the grace of Jesus There is no moment, there is no day to save Remember there is nothing greater than grace So don't lose heart Don't let go Don't give up You are not alone You are not alone There is no valley darkness there is no sorrow greater than the grace of Jesus there is no moment there is no distance there is no heartbreak he can't take you through so before you think that you're too lost to save so before you Amen. Good song. Got some good meat to it. All right, uh, Jared, why don't you come on up here? Jared's been home. Uh, he was home last week. Uh, I told him, I said, you get ready because this week we want to hear a testimony of what God's doing in your life and where you're at in school and all that good stuff. So it's all yours. Well, that song Jay just sang was really a blessing. And it's just, I can see how God's grace has been over me on this time in my life being at college and just God's grace has been there in my whole life and it's in every single one of our lives but just a new appreciation I found for it being away from my home being away from my church family my dad my mom just living totally completely independent on the Lord and seeing his grace through every single day and every single week getting through every single week it's busy but it's amazing and I'm so thankful for God's grace that he can give it to us so freely and how He's just working in my life, calling me to the ministry. And I have a passage that I stuck out to me one day in my morning devotions. And it's in First Thessalonians chapter 2. And Paul is talking to the church in Thessalonians here. And it says in verse 11, As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. That is such a blessing for us and for my life personally, going to college, God's grace, giving me this life to uh, grow in church with a loving father and mother and family, 
um, just being a love for God instilled in my heart um, and his grace and then God calling me into the ministry and calling me to Heartland. And now as I have been comforted and encouraged by my home family and my parents and just anything like that, I know you guys are praying for me and even just supporting me and I appreciate that so much. And it's so that I can walk worthy of God, walk worthy of his calling on my life. And that's truly what I'm trying to do. And I am, the Lord's really working in my life. He's growing me a lot there. And I'm excited for this first semester almost to be done. But then I got seven more after this. So I'm super excited for all those and seeing what the Lord's going to do for me there. And I'm just, I'm loving it there. And I can know the Lord's working. And I'm thankful for your guys' encouragement and prayers and all of that. So thank you. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch kids grow and to see God work in their lives. So you continue to pray uh, for Jared. He's going to get back, and I think he told me it's the easiest part of the semester. No, it's going to be the hardest part because it's all finals. So it'll be study, study, study. So be praying for him and uh, the others that are in school. God bless them. Then I have uh, some business need to take care of that's not so happy. Um, got this letter of request here uh, to the membership of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, and it's for Ralph and Mary Morford to join a, a Southside Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I don't think we ought to mess with it. I hate these kind of things, but it's good because they're getting into a church, right? Uh, it'd be bad if they didn't. So all in favor, grand letter, good hearty amen. Anyone opposed? All right, we'll see that that's taken care of. I'd like to invite your attention back to Isaiah chapter 43. It's not that this is the only place that uh, you can study from, but it sure was rich for me uh, this last week. And so uh, rather than go like two hours this morning, I figured I'd break it up a little bit and come back this afternoon. Uh, pray for um, Chuck and Crystal. They'll be headed home uh, tomorrow. Uh, they asked, uh, he asked if they could spend a little extra time out and go to church with the family. And uh, since they're so far, you know, from Texas uh, up here with us, I granted that to them. And so uh, they'll be headed home tomorrow. I did hear that uh, his father-in-law has lost officially 200 pounds. What a blessing, amen? And so uh, excited for them to be able to uh, share some time uh, with them, rejoicing in those things, and so praise the Lord. So uh, I've entitled this message, Thy Name, My Name, okay? Thy Name, My Name, and you guessed it, we're in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 and verse number 7, all right? Uh, verse number 1 I have called thee by thy name. And everyone, in verse 7, everyone that is called by my name. And so great stress is laid on names in Scripture. Have you ever thought about it? You know, you start reading through the genealogies and all these names. Do you think it was just like filler? So like when we were in college, uh, I'd be writing a paper and it'd have to be, you know, like three or four pages long. And I'd get the meat, and then I'd be a little short, and so I'd put in the filler, you know, just kind of like, I called it blowing air into it, 
you know, just get filler in there to get enough uh, papers. And I, I could swear that I had professors that turned the fan on and they just stood there and dropped the papers. And the papers that stayed closest to the fan got the A's and the ones that blew out there got the F's, you know. And so I just put a little filler in and stay closer to the fan. But names are not put in the Bible just for filler, uh, even the hard-to-pronounce ones, even the ones that, you know, we just like, why did God put all these names in Leviticus and Numbers, and why do we have the entire genealogy? Now, the, the names in the genealogy of Jesus are rather interesting to me, uh, but still, it, there's something to a name. And so great stress has been laid upon names in Scripture, and... Um, so we're going to consider uh, some of that here today. And so our first point is this. Uh, what does God calling a man by his name imply? Okay. What does God calling a man by his name imply? Well, the first thing under that point is it implies an intimate knowledge. Okay. So I was taught as a, as a young man growing up, I, my grandma and my parents instructed me, you never call adults by their first name. And so, uh, you know, I don't walk up to Brother Hope today and go, hey, Gerald, how you doing, man? I don't call him by his first name. I call him Mr. Hope, you know. I'm glad we have hope in the church, amen. So uh, it's just the way I was raised, and I think it's still a good thing. Uh, that we would instruct our young people to reverence our older people, and, you know, to respect them and to use uh, that name correctly. Um, when it came to a, a point like, like Mrs. Metzinger, I don't call her Mrs. Metzinger. I call her Lucinda, Cindy, Baby, uh, anyhow. <coughs> I got... Names, there's an intimate knowledge between us, right? Because we've been married all these years, and so that gives us an, an intimate knowledge to know one another. So when God knows our name, it's because there's an intimate knowledge that uh, is, is between us and him. So I've often wondered <coughs> about Adam, and uh, one of his jobs in the garden was naming the creatures. It just kind of baffles me sometimes when I think, why did he call that a, a cow, and why did he call that, you know, a horse, and why did he call that a dog, and why did he call that a, a platypus, and, you know, all these names. Uh, and by naming them, it, it gave him a, a relationship with them, you know. Um, Christ... Uh, kind of picked his disciples and named them disciples, and uh, it showed an intimate knowledge that he had with his disciples. Not only does it show an intimate knowledge, it shows a loving friendship. Uh, Moses, well, it was said of Moses, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. I, I love verses in the Bible that talk about, uh, you know, that they were a friend of God. And uh, here this verse talks about the fact that I know thee by name and thou hast found grace in my sight. Uh, it also, uh, letter C, is a designation and an adaptation to work. And so I'll give you just uh, three 
uh, types of illustrations. There's Bezalel, Bezalel, B-E-Z-A-L-E-E-E-L, two E's and an L. And that's why I hope my name's not that in heaven. Uh, in verse number, in Exodus 31, 2 says, See, I've called thee by name. And, and then he uses his name, Biziel, uh, the son of Ur, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And then it showed this relationship, this designation of who he belonged to. And, and so if there were other people named that name, he had zeroed in on this one because he names him as the son of Ura, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And then there's Cyrus in Isaiah 45, 3. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by name, am the God of Israel. And then there's the designation of the servant of the Lord, Isaiah 49.1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And so there's a an acknowledgement by God. We talked about an intimate knowledge. We talked about a, a friendship, a loving friendship, and a designation and an adaptation to work. And so uh, God knows our name. He knows what he desires for us to do. He knows where we're at. And to me, that's quite interesting that God would care about Kevin Metzinger, that God would care about me personally, and that he knows my name. So that leads us to our second point, and that is what does God's calling a man by his name imply? Okay, God calls a man by name, what does it uh, imply? Well, first of all, it implies God's possession of him. You know, we're God's possession, right? So I bought my wife this uh, little dachshund. So now she, she's always told me she wants a herd. We ain't going to have a herd at my house as long as I'm alive. Now, when I die, she may have a herd, but right now she doesn't. But she has three. We, she's working on it. She keeps nibbling away, and I keep giving in. But anyhow, so we've got one that's like 500 years old. Ruby, who we've had 19 years, 18 years. Ruby, 18 years. She's the best one because she didn't cost a dime. She was a really expensive dog. Someone got it for Christmas, didn't want it. And I thank Deborah Benson for uh, seeing that my wife got that name. Ruby's been a great dog. She really has. She can't hear nothing. Uh, she can't see nothing. Uh, you'll walk in and she'll be standing there looking at the wall. I mean, the wall's right here and she'll just be. <laughs> they say it's doggy dementia. And she just stands there and just, yeah, you know. She goes and gets up, and she hobbles along worse than I do. I mean, I really feel sorry for this old dog. It's time for it to go to heaven. But um, so that's Ruby. We've got a second dachshund who is how old? Three years old. And this we call her Reese, okay? They're all females. Uh, they, Cindy wanted to outnumber me. Uh, she, grew, she raised all boys, and she said she felt like she lived in a boy's dormitory, and now that the boys are all gone, we've got all female dogs in her, and so they gang up on me. So 
this dog's name is Reese. And uh, then the one that we just got, we call Rosie. Uh, and uh, Rosie came from Mexico. We're still waiting on her papers to get here so she can legally be in the house. But anyhow, so we have these three dogs. They each have been given a name by her. Well, and me too, I guess. Um, and so uh, when she got Ruby, I don't know how he came up with the name Ruby. She picked it. Uh, when we got Reese, I wanted to call her Reba. And we had uh, a cousin there. And she goes, oh, you ought to call her Reese. And that name's... I don't even know how she got the name our dog, but anyhow, so we named her Reese. And then Rosa, Rosie, I call her Rosa because I wanted her to have a Spanish name because she came from Mexico. Uh, Rosa uh, was actually a joint thing. Anyhow, they all have a name, and it's amazing they all know their name. You know, they, well, except for Ruby, she can't hear her name anymore, but... <laughs> They all know their name. They recognize their name. We call them by name, and they have a name, and, and we uh, de designate them through their name. Uh, it's part of being able to be the owners of them. We got to name them. When uh, Cindy got Ruby, that dog had been called Holly. Well, that didn't work because my wife wants R's for some reason. I don't know where R's come from. but Well, I know where they come from, the alphabet, but... I don't know how they, our dogs ended up all getting ours. But anyhow, uh, and so uh, she, she changed that dog's name from Holly to Ruby. And you know why she could do that? Because she owned it. It was her possession, right? God has given us a name because we are his possession. We are his. And it's a good thing to be God's possession. I was the devil's possession long enough, amen? That possession by God involves God's protection and his safety. He doesn't hold his property slackly. He doesn't misplace it. Matter of fact, he said this of us, that none shall pluck them out of my Father's hand in John chapter 10. So it shows God's possession of us. It shows a kindred, um, the man bears a family name. He's adopted into the household. The sonship of the receiver of the new name is dimly shadowed. And so when we get saved and we come into uh, the family of God, this new name bears a family name. So like um, we talk about being a Christian. A Christian is supposedly those who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and they're living like Christ. They're Christ-like, a Christian. Luke chapter 161 says, And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred which is called by this name. This is when uh, Zacharias or, um, and Elizabeth were naming John, John the Baptist as we know him. Uh, John, um, Zacharias couldn't speak. And Elizabeth said his name's going to be called John. And they said, well, oh, wait a minute. Let's don't ask her. Let's ask him. And, of course, he had uh, been mute since his time to go in and be before the Lord. And so he called for some paper, and he writes down his name is John, and then he talks. Zacharias speaks. I kind of wonder if he would have ever been able to speak if he had changed the name that God had told him 
that he was supposed to call him John. Kind of wonder if, he, if God would ever let him talk again. I don't know. Just something to think about in that cold winter night when you're setting up in the middle of the night going, I wish I had something to think about. Well, think about that. <clears throat> Acts chapter 7 and verse number 3, And he said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. And so it's a kindred, a, a, a natural bond that's created uh, with that name. And, of course, we use our last names to do that. Metzingers and Fosters and Hyatts and Reichels and so forth. Then there's a likeness, the biblical meaning of name. If you look it up in a biblical dictionary, which I did before I came and preached here, in all the descriptions, uh, you know, when you look up a definition, it'll be like one, two, three, four. Well, about the fourth or fifth one is this definition of name, and that is a character manifested. And so it's how we live. It's our demeanor. It's our character. Uh, so a biblical meaning for name is character manifested. And so um, I can remember my boys coming home and they said, we want to do this. And I said, but you're not going to do that. And they said, why aren't we going to do that? I said, because you're a Met singer and Met singers don't do that. It's a characteristic that I wanted them to be instilled in them. That, you know, this is not something that we partake of and so I don't want you to do that. Uh, I will write my name I will write on him the name of my God. And uh, in Revelations 3.12, we read, He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is in the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. And so there's this likeness that exists in our characters and uh, in our characteristics of how we live because God is in charge of our life when we get saved. And so God's character ought to be very evident and well seen in the life of a believer. And it leads us to our final thought today, and that is that his name shall be in their foreheads. I find this awful interesting because... In the time of the Great Tribulation, there's going to be a taking of the mark of Satan, 666. Be on the hand or on the forehead. And it's awful interesting that God has his name on the children's of God's forehead. Very interesting. I think that's one reason that those of us who are saved now will never see the tribulation because his name is there. There's no room for Satan's name to be there. But in Revelations 22, 3 and 4, we read, there shall, no, or there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. I kind of lightly hit on it uh, this morning when I was preaching about this. I think God looks down, he sees and identifies, hey, this is a child of mine, this is a child of mine. When he's standing, uh, when he's at the great white throne judgment, those who are called and judged out of the books, he'll immediately know by their forehead. Well, wait a minute, you're, 
and it's not going to happen because they have better keeping record-keeping systems up there. But a child of God's not going to wander into the lost line and end up before God, and God go, ooh, I made a mistake. Because all the children of God are identified with some marking on the forehead, probably our new name that's written on our forehead, and he goes, wait a minute, you're not in line. You need to be over there. This is for the goats right here. You're the sheep. You need to be over there. This is for the goats. And so the name that God gave us is an important name, and I just wanted to give you something to reflect on and think about. Uh, the name of God, his naming of us, and the importance of what a name is. And hopefully it will challenge us to try to live up to the name. Christ-like, Christian, a child of God. Live up to the name that God has given us. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for our time together this afternoon. I pray to God, your will be done in our lives and our hearts. Now, you might be honored and glorified. If there be one here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, this would be the day they would settle that and take care of it. Thank you for your goodness and your love. We ask these things in your blessed, most holy name. Amen. If you would stand with me today, I'm going to sing 471. God's spoken to your heart. I encourage you to come as we sing today. Next Sunday, we'll receive our Christmas missions offering. This is an offering that we take to be a blessing to our missionaries sent from our church. And so hopefully you can be a part of that. If you um, are looking, thinking that you're going to get maybe uh, some extra money, uh, maybe a Christmas bonus or something, and you don't have it on the 4th, but you think you could give it by the you know, by time of Christmas, uh, you can talk to Brother Carl, and uh, that way we can go ahead and count. Uh, what we have and get that dispersed uh, Christmas program the word became flesh December 11th be at the 1030 service encourage you to invite your friends out for that ladies Christmas party will be at our house on the 15th at seven o'clock a $10 gift uh, for exchange and some finger foods and then Gilson Christmas on the 18th if you have any questions about that please feel free to see me and uh, Christmas patch program on the 18th uh, in the afternoon service. That'll be a blessing, and I love to see our kids uh, perform, and that'll be just a great time as they do that. All right. Uh, we do have something going on. That's what I've heard. Um, and it's going to be a celebration for my wife's birthday. When so uh, we're going to, I guess, we'll, I'll just take this, I guess. Um, we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll dismiss in there. 
and uh, have a little bit of fellowship. If you can stay around, I'd uh, love to have you do that. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for time together today. Uh, we thank you for uh, Miss Cindy's birthday. Pray that it would be a blessed one. She'd have many more. Uh, thank you for uh, being able to uh, come together and hear your word. Pray that you'd be with us this afternoon as we travel home, uh, that you'd be honored and glorified in all we do. We love you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. God bless you for being here.